Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So Liz. Yes. We always start off our Happy Hour podcast with happy news. So I have some happy news. Okay. All right. Um, Dr. Fauci, apparently, and I'm sure every parent of a newborn is going to be really thrilled to hear this too. So I, I don't want to just act like it's our good news. It's good news for the world. Um, Dr. Fauci says by next year, we should be able to vaccinate babies as young as six months old with the COVID vaccine. Oh, that is amazing. I wish we could do it in utero. You know what I mean? Like why wait until they're born? Don't give them any ideas. Just go for it. Here he is. Here, let let me play this. Here, let's listen to it. Let's listen to the latest by Dr. President Fauci. It looks like they will be available to get vaccinated in the beginning of the fall, very likely for the fall term. With regard to children, we're doing an an age de-escalation study in elementary school children from 12 to 9, 9 to 6, 6 to 2, and 6 months to 2 years. We anticipate we'll have enough data to be able to vaccinate these younger children by the first quarter of 2022. For high school students. Can we just call him Dr. Mengele? Like, let's just skip right to it. Well, why are we, why are we doing it? Like children do not get very sick from the virus and even more rare do they die. So why would we even do that? Well, because right? Pfizer needs more revenue. So does Moderna and, and Johnson and Johnson, who, by the way, Fauci just sounds more and more like a spokesman for big pharma. He's not even hiding it anymore. He's the um, press contact for Pfizer on the press release. It says contact <laughs> Dr. Anthony Fauci. It gives his cell number. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous the way that they're trying to push this on the public with with these conflicting messages, which is that you have to get vaccinated because the virus is so serious. And then also you still have to stay away from people and wear masks and you shouldn't have big parties. And it's just like, then what, what is the point of it? And also for people who aren't idiots, you have to ask yourself, once someone is vaccinated, they are protected to allegedly, like they are protected I don't know, 95% or something from getting gravely ill with the virus. So if other people are worried and they're vaccinated, why would it matter if someone didn't get vaccinated? Because that's not going to affect you because you're vaccinated. So it just seems really strange of all these little Karens and all these busybodies are worried about other people getting vaccinated when if they're protected, what, what are they worried about? They, because they just want everyone to join in their suffering of being a Karen or even being a Joe Biden, who this week, again, mocked people who aren't getting the vaccine, pretending that they're macho. That's what he said, accusing them of being unpatriotic and not caring about other people. So that's their shtick. But to your point, and this is what Fauci can't answer and spins, and then he's testifying today, Thursday, as we're recording this before Senate committee. He can't answer why, after you've been vaccinated, do you still have to wear not one mask, but he showed up to the committee today 
and was grilled by Senator Rand Paul, why are you wearing two masks? So this is what is fueling vaccine skepticism in addition to all the reports about side effects that in some cases are worse than the disease itself. So people have reason to be highly skeptical about taking a risk for these vaccines, especially the two-dose vaccine, if you still have to wear a mask and you could still be infectious and contagious. It just makes no sense to make these claims and then think people are going to go out and get vaccinated. If, if Because what they're saying is nothing is going to change if you get vaccinated. So basically, you're just getting risk, but no reward, right? You, Yeah, you, good point. You, you are getting the risks, whatever risks are associated with the vaccines, and they affect everybody differently. I know people have been vaccinated. Some people have been like had some side effects for, you know, three, three or four days. Other people just, you know, maybe a day. <clears throat> but why would anybody? And then, of course, we this has been very quickly gone to market. And mm -hmm. especially with the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, their um, mRNA vaccines, which has never been used before. It's a very new, uh, I don't want to say technology, but it's a new way of vaccinating people. And, and so you're supposed to take on those questions well, because we, and we obviously don't know the long-term effects because a year ago, the vaccine didn't exist. So we don't know what the long-term effects are. You're still going to have to wear uh, two masks, three masks. I don't know. Um, you're still, we're still warned things can't open. It's too dangerous. And why would you, why would you even bother? It just makes no sense to me. It, well, speaking of risk and reward, a teleconference between Pfizer executives and Barclays bankers was released uh, this week. And not only did Pfizer CFO confirm or reveal that they might need a third dose of this vaccine, they also will need yearly booster shots for people who have been vaccinated. But listen to this. That was part of the text. Last year, uh, um, in 2021, excuse me, for this year, they are looking at a huge jump in revenues of 41%. He further says, though, if you remove the COVID revenues, I'll just call it our business without COVID, that projected growth for 2021 would be 6%. Mm. So when people are just skeptical of everything and basically everything we've been told from the beginning from the so-called experts and authorities has been wrong, and you are questioning putting your hands into big pharma, who not only a company like Pfizer politicized, highly politicized the rollout, the announcement about their phase three clinical trial success until after, not just after the election, after Biden was was confirmed, I guess, by the media as president. They had all kinds of politicization about the rollout. Now you have them basically admitting you're going to need to keep getting vaccinated. And please do, because it really helps our bottom line. Um, you know what the, it reminds me of? This business model, the Pfizer business model, or the big pharma business model, is the Microsoft model, where you don't have to buy, you can't literally buy Microsoft Office anymore. You have to subscribe to it, which means that every year you have to pay $100 to have access to the programs. And if you don't, 
then all the documents on your computer don't work anymore. So it's a much more profitable model than to just have one and done, right? Like, oh, I got my office. I don't need, you know, I don't need to keep getting the new versions. Well, they're going to make sure they do that to keep their revenue. It's the same thing with the with Pfizer. Apparently, they're worried more about their bottom line than public health. And now you're going to have to keep getting, um, you know, booster shots. I wonder who's going to pay for that. Well, I mean, who is going to pay for it? It'll be the government. It'll be <clears throat> obviously health insurance companies. But that's such a great comparison, Liz. I mean, that that's what technology companies do. Same with, you know, if you have an iPhone, you have to keep getting updates and then they switch out your charger and your uh, ear pot. You know, you can't use your old headphones. And it doesn't work anymore it. unless you get the latest version of it. That, How exactly. convenient. But this is not this here's what's fueling skepticism and it's not just MAGA folks as Joe Biden said again this week it is what they told us from the beginning of course not just from the beginning of the pandemic but from the beginning of the vaccine rollout all of this is being exposed as untrue so it was the vaccine is going to stop you from getting the virus no it doesn't you could still get the virus Okay, but I won't be contagious. Yes, you still can be contagious. Okay, I get the vaccine. I don't have to wear my mask anymore. Yes, you do, because you can still infect others. Oh, and by the way, as Fauci said during Senate testimony today, there are variants. You know, that's the new thing, variants. So, and okay, you're going to need an annual booster. And oh, by the way, there are some dangerous side effects for people who I think the latest report is about 1,700 people reportedly have died from taking the vaccine. And we're getting more and more reports about serious side effects. The CDC is reporting, but kind of downplaying it. So these are legit questions. But Liz, of course, we're not supposed to ask those because it makes you an anti-vaxxer. And now Twitter is flagging posts just like they've done with everything that's outside of the approved group think of our ruling class that <clears throat> they're now flagging posts that allegedly have misinformation about vaccines. So well, here we Julie, go again. Let me tell you that nothing instills more confidence and 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 just wait, you know, and, and banishes suspicion than punishing people who ask questions, you know? Yes. Right. I can't think of a reason. I can't think of anything more inspiring me to trust what my superiors, my scientific superiors tell me than to punish me and silence me for asking questions. And it, it's curious because if you really cared about the public perception, you would be more than happy to answer those questions because you realize it's important for people to have trust in this. You would say, okay, we're gonna answer those questions and we can have a free and open debate. And in those circumstances, if this is you know, a good faith operation, then you know, I think a lot of people would be dissuaded if their questions were answered sufficiently. Some people wouldn't, and that's always the case, that's fine. But the fact that they refuse to answer questions or we get like spun, we get these crazy spins about jibber jabber, right? Just jibber jabber or yes. word salad, right? Blah, 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 word salad blah, blah. coming out. Words are coming mm -hmm. out of my mouth. They mean nothing. Um, right. You know, it's, it's a, it's a very curious, it's a very curious thing. So I'm, I'm not surprised people don't want to get vaccinated um, because it, we have a lot of reason to think we're not being, you know, treated 
we're not giving get, getting the, the on the up and up. Otherwise, there wouldn't be all this hiding and this concealment and bannings and silencing. Remember, I feel like it wasn't that long ago when most Americans, especially Democrats, held deep distrust for big pharma. I feel like that wasn't maybe like a couple weeks ago we were supposed to distrust big pharma and whatever they said. Well, they don't like big pharma um, on opioid, you know, for when they were abused, I guess, contributing to the opioid abuse. But I've also noticed other sort of 180s where the Democrats used to also hate the FBI and the CIA. And now they're like, they're like best friends. They're like business exactly. partners, right? So whatever you say, mm-hmm. you know, what we're seeing here is not necessarily consistent ideology. We're seeing just a, a relationship of utility, you know, to gain power. And if that, if they need to gain power by befriending the big pharma companies, then that's what they'll do. So, and of course, it's a good pharma, point, though. Big pharma was a huge contributor to Joe Biden. Um, they were not happy with Donald Trump because of what he was doing in terms of pricing and etc. Um, but there was an interesting poll that came out this week, too, asking people who are they disinclined. This is a Pew Research poll disinclined to be vaccinated, what what their top concerns are. And it's not because I love Donald Trump, who hasn't said anything about the vaccines except go get it. Um, so here are their top reasons. 72% concerned about side effects. 67% vaccines were developed and tested too quickly, which I think is very legitimate. Absolutely. Uh, six, 61% want to know more about how well they work. 46% have seen too many mistakes from the medical care system. Duh. Um, and just 36% who say they don't get. Hold on. I hear that. It's Sorry. Okay. You got the dog situation. Fuckers. Okay. <laughs> oh, you have to you have to edit that out. <laughs> Maybe not. 36% do not get vaccines in general. So. I think the top two, especially the side effects, but the fact that this Operation Warp Speed, you can commend it for all it's worth, but this still does not give people a high level of confidence. Furthermore, these big pharma companies are shielded from liability from any damages until the year 2024. Like I said, if this were a good faith effort, the the pharma companies and the government would be more than happy to answer these questions and make an effort to answer them. And I think that these are good. I think that these are good issues that people have. Why shouldn't their concerns be assuaged if they can be assuaged? Why not even try and do that? Um, None of these are crazy. I mean, no one said because Donald Trump said it was a China virus, which is kind of the way the media wants to uh, Mm -hmm. portray this is that people don't want to get the vaccine because for some reason, Donald Trump wouldn't get the vaccine, even though he did get the vaccine and has said several times, go get the vaccine. Um, it's it's really it's really strange uh, or not really strange. It's, it's very predictable. But I think that those uh, concerns that you listed are very legitimate and especially the one about it being developed too soon. Mm-hmm. We've all anyone who's an adult has noticed how long it takes to bring a new drug to market. And we're told that this is necessary for safety reasons. You know, um, new drugs take five to 10 years to get to market a lot of times. So why 
wouldn't someone who is aware of that wonder why we've gotten this in six months? And someone needs to say, well, this is why it's okay. This is why it normally takes five to 10 years, but in this case, it's six months. Um, but we're just not, we're just not um, getting, we're not getting that. And all that does, the refusal to address that mm-hmm. is just all the more reason for suspicion, I think. I think it's fueling all the, a lot of the skepticism. Plus, Liz, you saw again what happened this week. All of a sudden, miraculously, we're told, oh, we don't need to stay six feet apart. We never really did. The same experts who have been peddling that bullshit social distancing garbage from the beginning now all of a sudden we're like you know that never really made any sense to me but you know three feet three feet makes a lot of sense six feet didn't but I could definitely see three feet like that doesn't even make sense so you again have another walk back of a major piece of guidance that we've been told how to live our lives for the past year completely down the memory hole and at the same time, we're just, again, supposed to take at face value all of this. Like people, most people, not Democrats, but most people can see this dissonance in in what's what we're being told. Well, it certainly isn't confidence inspiring for people to say these are, we're getting the straight scoop here and I should trust the information that I'm getting from the scientists and the doctors and the pharmacy experts when we've got this six feet oh we meant we meant three feet that's a huge difference um especially because the damage that's been done to society from this crap i know i don't we we haven't i'm in virginia we don't have great weather a lot so i'm not like outside walking around a lot but i had to move my car for some reason so i was walking outside this is probably six months ago and on the sidewalk and there was someone far away coming towards me. Obviously he had his uh, mask down under his chin and I didn't have a mask on at all because I was outside and I was really only gonna be outside for 10 minutes, but I wouldn't wear a mask outside anyway. So when he approached me, he like frantically put his mask up, even though he would be like within six feet of me for maybe one second. He could just mm-hmm. like hold his breath or something. But but he but it wasn't like because he was a Karen. It's because he was afraid. You know, he was legitimately afraid by all the spookiness that we've been told. It's six feet. Got to stay six feet away. Um, I I think that for people who are expected to trust the government. The government is not really giving them much reason to do it. So if you're inclined to just be a sheep and obey authority, um, no matter what, and you don't really cherish your own choices, the right to make your own choices about yourself, then you're satisfied. But there's a lot of people who aren't, and they want to be convinced or they want to think that there's some reason that they're doing this. And again, if people want to get vaccinated, let them get vaccinated. If yes. you are so worried about your condition, then you get vaccinated. I support that. And if you need help, I'll help you get that vaccine. But then you protected yourself. So what does other people not doing what you did? How does that even affect you? It doesn't. <clears throat> well, that's why you're exactly right. And of course, all of this is coming down on the 365th day anniversary of 15 days to slow the spread, flatten the curve, whatever you want to call it, 
which was the one year anniversary celebrate. this week. Did we do, I mean, that was just like celebrate, the, Julie. I, I celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Deborah Burks and Anthony Fauci voodoo dolls out. Um, so anyway, it's, it's hilarious. But, I'm just like, OK, it's been a year. Balloon send off, um, you know, big fireworks. Uh, s- s- it's what Rand Paul said. Three. It's the 366th day of the 15 days. Stop the spread. Yes. But you know why is Rand Paul one of the only few who's speaking out against this? I mean, I see tweets from Jim Jordan. I see stuff from Representative Andy Biggs, who's kind of been on this from the beginning. But otherwise, nothing. Well, obviously Governor Ron DeSantis and a few other Republican governors, but. There's no Republican leadership on this. He's a superhero. That guy is a superhero. Um, He just is having none. Yeah. He is having none of this crap. And I think um, I saw some numbers earlier this week. You might know exactly what I'm talking about. That Florida and New York and California, they basically perform the same. The only difference is that they destroyed California and New York's economy and drove people out and Florida did just fine. And they have a pretty low unemployment rate relative to the other states. What have you, have you seen that study or those numbers? I'm wondering, you know, what are the, what, what have you heard? Like, what have you, do you have better, more specific information? I, I just saw that they, they basically perform the same based on infections, on deaths. um, And, and yet, one shut down, two shut down, and the other one didn't. So they used to call Ron DeSantis Death Santis. Yeah. Like, ha, 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 ha. And yet he, people in Florida aren't laughing. I'm sure they love him. Um, people in Florida, as you know, because I travel back and forth, are having the time of their life. It is seems to be the only fun place in the world right now. Um, people are fleeing there. I'm telling you, you cannot, you don't even need to list your condo or house on the MLS. All you have to do is get a realtor. These realtors have a whole line of people who are looking for properties. They are gone in less than a day at asking price or more. So the place is just on fire and it's a happy place. And you have a guy who actually knows what he's doing. He's very courageous because the things that he's taking on, obviously not just lockdowns, but his announcement this week that he was not going to permit critical race theory to be taught in Florida schools because he's not going to pay a penny to teach children to hate each other and hate their country. So, I mean, he's saying a lot of the same things and doing a lot of the same things that Trump was doing. He just has a more grown up way of saying it, I guess. Ron DeSantis has um, a political acumen that Trump didn't have. Mm -hmm. And I think that at the time when Trump came on the political scene, we there really was a need for bombast. Um, That was, you know, that was one of Trump's appeal is that he was like the iron fist and he spoke in plain language and on common sense average kind of kitchen table issues like why are my jobs going overseas and why why is my town dying because the factory's all shut or Mm -hmm. things things that were concerned to regular people but DeSantis is you know is a political person and so he knows how to straddle that you know call it like they see it without 
the degree of bombast that Trump did. And he is very courageous. And, you know, it's worked out very well for him. His state is like the number one destination to get the F out of liberal shitholes. It's a beautiful state. They Mm -hmm. certainly didn't do worse than New York and California, while New York New York and California both have younger populations in Florida. I mean, everybody goes to retire in Florida. I mean, that's a huge retirement spot. If if that was going to be a graveyard anywhere in this country, it was going to be Florida. But that isn't yep. what happened. And nope. that's thanks to Ron DeSantis. It is. And it's just amazing to see, not amazing or surprising, but the contempt for him by the left and even never Trump Republicans who, you know, they were kind of a lot of. These people were on the Andrew Cuomo bandwagon early on. They were sort of they were definitely not embracing DeSantis's early approach. And look, the only reason DeSantis ever locked down his state, and this has to be said, is because Donald Trump called him and told him to do it. He never wanted to do that even back in March and April. Like he had shut down some of the beaches. He had um, put limitations on restaurants and bars. But he did not want to shut down his entire state. And the White House called him, and that's what he did. And the first opportunity he had, I mean, Georgia opened up early, and so did Florida. And they were condemned even by, I remember Kellyanne Conway saying something about Georgia. But, um, you know, he's obviously gone. He's taking on big tech. He's taking on these cultural and racial issues. He's leading the way. But he's the example. He is the scientific antidote to all the bullshit we've been told for a year. And that's why they're after him. And it's not going to stop. Oh, no, it isn't going to stop because it's been pretty established that he is definitely a presidential contender in 2024. If we, as a country, survive to 2024. Um, <laughs> That's a big if. That's awfully yeah, optimistic of you. That is. It, right. <laughs> I got to take off my rose-colored glasses. But he <laughs> is girl. absolutely a formidable 2024 challenger. I don't think Trump will run again. I don't think he should run again. Um, but I, I think DeSantis is number one. He absolutely is very competitive. He's everything that the Democrats are not. He's, he's very relatable. He's a likable person. He's relatable. I don't Mm -hmm. think people relate to, well, what's left of Joe Biden and certainly not Kamala the cop. Uh, So, and he has a lot of success. He has, he can point to a, a lot of success in running his state. It's always a problem when an elected official like a congressman or senator runs for the presidency because they almost never have executive experience. So you need to have executive experience in order to be a good president because an executive is actually executing things, not not this whole like circle jerk of Congress where you have an office of people that really do your work and you basically show up to mm-hmm. cast a vote, make some speeches someone else read, but you're not responsible for getting anything done as a senator or a congressman, but you are as a governor. And the fact that Trump won so easily in Florida um you know, bodes well, I think, for DeSantis. I mean, obviously he would take the state, but he is going to continue to be attacked because he is the new GOP star, I think. He definitely is. And I mean, a big part of me wants him to stay in Florida and just obviously 
especially if we move there, take residency there. Um, he's young. I think he's 42 or 43. He's got a young family. I think he, he and his wife had another baby. In the, yeah. Like a baby. He just had a little baby. He did like a year ago. Um, so he's young. He has time. Of course, if you're him, you're in a very tough position because you're a hot commodity. You're going to be recruited to run because the bench is pretty thin of people we don't want. And I mean, the bench is pretty full of people we don't want and thin of people who could kind of take the Trump mantle and refine it and make it more, you know, appealing to the Chardonnay Antifa moms. But, um, <laughs> so it'll be interesting and I know we'll, we'll just keep talking about it, but I really don't see a, <clears throat> I, I don't see anybody else who could overtake him at this point as a front runner. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm always happy to see a, an elected official really take stewardship over their, um, you know, constituency and show that they really care about the welfare of their constituency by, say, not just shutting all the businesses down and forcing people indoors. So good on him. Um. Let's move on to another big event this week that happened on mm-hmm. Tuesday. I think you know what I'm talking about. We had another hate crime, doing air quotes. You can't see, but I'm doing hate crime, air quotes, that happened Tuesday when a young white male went to three massage parlors slash spa and killed eight people six of whom were Asian. I believe one was white and one was Hispanic. They don't matter. Okay. Cause it doesn't matter about those other people. And the media is just gyrating in joy that they can talk once more about the white supremacist who hates a new group. They get to feature, which is Asians. Um, this story is full, is just so spun out of control that it's disgusting that you have to step back and ask yourself, why are the media so invested in trying to get Americans to hate one another? Um, I wrote a little bit about this this morning in my Morning Greatness, which is published every morning by 7 a.m. on amg.com. Don't miss where it. You can get all the latest news and also sometimes I. I I rant and I ranted today about this because if you look, look at the information that we have and that has come out, it's very obvious that this young man has a lot of sexual issues. He had been treated for sex addiction. He had told the police officers that he did this because these massage parlors were tempting him. I might add, it's a massage parlor or is it something else? A because sex if you're parlor? just getting a massage, <laughs> then I get a massage and it at at a at a reputable company and there's none of that. So uh but this Oh sure Liz sure. maniac I this maniac said to the police officers exactly why he did this and certain people that had been in his sex rehab with him because he had been to sex rehab 
had said he was very guilty over his sexual urges and he couldn't control himself and kept going to these massage parlors. Even with this information, we're still being told that this is a hate crime. Yeah, I mean, this is why Liz, where did this narrative? It kind of popped out of nowhere, um, like right before Biden was elect, elected or sworn in. Remember, all of a sudden it was like, we are going to stop discrimination and white supremacy and especially all the violence against Asian Americans. And everyone was like, wait, what? Where did that come from? But we know where well, it came from, Liz. Right, right. Where all right. bad things come from. The New York Times. <laughs> Just Orange man bad. <laughs> Obviously, people are legitimately trying to say that because Donald Trump called the coronavirus the China virus, because it came from China, that is why people now are committing hate crimes against against Asian people. Yes, right. A year later. Even though we talk about the South African variant we talk about the UK variant and that is fine and not racist. But if you say China virus, it is racist, right? It's just a statement of fact. So anyway, apparently this is what has surged a just spree of hate crimes against Asian Americans. Now, I am not minimizing any attacks on anybody, Asian, black, white, whatever, Nobody should be attacked. I'm opposed to that. And if you attack someone, you need to go to jail. And Liz, be, some, really no, some people deserve to be attacked. I'm going to argue that. Okay. But, all right. That's a bold statement. That's stunning and brave, Julie. I'm staying that, by and I'm sticking by it. And that you're going to stand by that? I will some not apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just crazy that every single thing is seen through a racist lens. And of course, it's always white people when this kid is obviously damaged. You know this because we are always in communication. I said, this guy looks like an, a, an, a sex messed up incel, which is involuntary celibate. I mean, the guy, look. I just looked at him like, <laughs> oh, I know what this is about. Because even though... The media keeps talking about, oh, well, he killed six Asian women. It's like, yes, but he went to three different massage parlors. So it's like, did he was he looking for Asian women or was he looking for vengeance against massage parlors? Because that's also a common thread. But no, smart people know better. 24-hour massage parlors, nonetheless. So totally legit, um, normal, not weird. Um, no, not, not at all. No. At all. So it's very disturbing to see the way that this is being spun up and this incessant need to keep people suspicious and hating one another, thinking that other the people around them are going to beat them or um, hurt them or rob them or rape them or whatever. I mean, it's just there. It's disturbing that that more people haven't caught on to what is going on here, which is to just to create as much civil unrest as possible. So nobody pays attention to what our elected officials and these large corporations that are basically running our country now. Um, that's a way around the constitution. <laughs> it's just to have the corporations do it. And, right. you know, so nobody pays attention to that. It's terrible. It is terrible. And I mean, obviously this brings up a bigger Quest, a bigger problem, which is that you have these massage parlors, whatever you want to call them, you have these sex slaves basically trafficked in a lot of them from Asia to 
you know, do whatever they do in these places. And I'm sure it's fueling a whole lot of what this guy, not to excuse him, he's obviously a deranged human being and deserves the death penalty for what he did. But you have to really wonder how pervasive this is because that's some twisted stuff. Well, I think that there are these outlets for people who have trouble like forming actual legitimate relationships with yeah. with their chosen gender of the partner or whatnot. And so unfortunately, this is common because there are these kinds of massage parlors all over the place. Yeah. They're usually tied to crime. Um, and th- a question that we're not asking is, who were these employees? Were they sex trafficked? Were they voluntarily working here? You know, a right. lot Why of these. Why don't we have that information? These, a lot of these women involved in, you know, victims of sex trafficking, because these women are victims of sex trafficking, is that they get to the United States and their families are hostage in their home countries, or they have to pay a debt. And if they don't work their debt off, they'll be killed or their families will be killed. You know, it's a very, it's a terrible, terrible situation that is not going to be addressed because there's too much benefit to working the white supremacy racial angle. It's terrible. Well, and the director of national intelligence this week, Avril Haines, who was an Obama, John Brennan flunky, who should be nowhere near the intelligence community at all, but there she is. So they released a, you know, it's kind of this, another bogus report first on election interference by what Russia and Iran, who cares? They couldn't do anything worse than the secretaries of state in Michigan and Pennsylvania. But aside from that, released this report about domestic terrorism. And one of the graphics that they used under violent extremism was an illustration of the U S Capitol. Like they're not Mm -hmm. how not subtle could you be? Because they're trying to portray everyone who was at the Capitol that day, well, everyone who was in Washington, D.C. that day, as a white supremacist trying to overthrow the government and and kill people. It's very dangerous. I mean, this is really dangerous what the media and, as you call them, the derp state are are doing. This is a collaborative, orchestrated effort to. Totally. It's all about a power grab. You know, it's all about a power grab. Because if people are happy and going about their lives and they have meaningful community relationships and friendships and activities, then they're not interested in having our agent of changes fundamentally transforming our country, right? Because people are happy. They're working. They like their their community. They have lots of different friends. Our kids are happy in school. Why change? Nobody wants to change when that's going on. But now we have this scourge of white supremacy. Um, Everybody is hiding secret white supremacists, which apparently, according to Robin D'Angelo and Ibrahim X. Kendi, is anyone with a white white skin because you are a racist, even if you don't know it. You are racist. I mean, it's very convenient, right? Like this whole unconscious thing that you're unconsciously racist. Um, and that and that's the purpose is to keep people in in discord, to keep them unhappy. And it also makes them many are inclined to look to the government to, quote, fix it. And that's what the government wants. This is a total power grab that who who benefits when there's civil discord? 
it's the the people in power, not the people who are in discord, because obviously, if you cared about the the people in this country, you wouldn't want them hating each other, looking suspiciously at each other. And you would also want people who are legitimately a threat to the, the to the to, <clears throat> to public safety and peace. You would want them to be identified and singled out the legitimate violent people. But, you know, we're not going to have that conversation. So it's, it's well, we're not. It, it is. And what's happening, and you and I have talked about this, I've covered it. People can look up my articles on amgreatness.com. After you read Liz's morning briefing. That's right. Get your dose of what's happening. Get your laugh for the day. Then go to that. I mean, what the Justice Department is doing, weaponizing that investigation against people. Now they just, grand jury just indicted the two men, allegedly, who sprayed bear spray at Officer Sicknick. The evidence behind that and the charging documents is beyond sketchy. But now they face 10 counts, um, including three, four uh, using a dangerous or deadly weapon against law enforcement. Of course, that only applies to people at the Capitol. If you use bear spray against a cop in Portland, you face a charge of civil disorder. If you did it on January 6th, you get not one, not two, but three charges against you for possessing you and using. federal <laughs> property in Washington, D.C., because federal property outside Washington, D.C. does not matter, like a federal courthouse. I'm sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to make that distinction it's not just a question of federal property it's federal property in dc in any other place if you attack federal properties no one cares okay go ahead okay so i just want to clarify you are confirming what our attorney general merrick garland says that apparently this is the new law federal property only yeah just so you guys are on the same page because the most important people in the world are in that building and no one else is as important as them Including the people that are, you know, charged with protecting them because who cares? So anyway, go ahead. Please go on. Yeah. So they have just been charged and they'll have the book thrown at them. They're going to be transported to uh, D.C., denied bail for sure, um, and face all of these extra charges. It's not even clear that they actually spray this, but facts don't matter. So um, but this is just another piece of what they are trying to do to just gaslight this country, foment this civil war and turn people against each other. It's really terrifying to watch. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to make a murder case. I guess they're not because they didn't really mention that in the charges. They do files. not. That's right. Um, because we still don't know what was the cause of death for officer Sicknick? And it's been two months and he's been cremated and buried. So it's not like they're a team of people like working on a body and they don't know yet. It's like they have all the information they're going to have. Right. It really shouldn't take this long because remember we were first told that he had a gash and a head wound from crazy Trump, Trump Trumpaloo white supporter, white supremacists. Right. And that turned out to not even be remotely true, um, much like so many of the things that turn out to not be remotely true that are sourced by the Washington Post and CNN. And so how do we not know what killed him? How do we not know? And then to claim bear spray, which, of course, has been deployed by civilians against law enforcement for a hundred days or more in Seattle and Portland, among Mm. other, among other cities during our summer of rage. Um, And I don't know how many people died from 
law enforcement officers died. I mean, I don't know. I want to know the answer. But it seems like these gentlemen who did whatever, I don't know, sprayed bear spray on him. I mean, it's, is it is it even clear that they did do no, that? No, it is not. And actually, there's a pretty good piece on Revolver News. that. Yeah, goes I read that. Through. I was like, I don't know if this shows what you think say it's showing it didn't look the the pictures are are pretty blurry so it to me i was like not clear that that they had actually attacked these officers but but i don't know no and this is the mo so as you know i've looked through a ton of these affidavits charging documents what they're putting forth as evidence does not look like evidence at all because they're like blocking out the person's face you could see an arm with spray but there's no connection to the person that you've charged. There was some of that, too, with the Bruno Kua indictment, the high school senior from Georgia, who finally, after five weeks, got five or six weeks, is out of jail because he got COVID. But um, they're, they're connecting crimes, and there's no clear evidence. But it doesn't matter because you're going before a D.C. grand jury. You're going before yeah. judges in Washington, D.C. You're going to go before juries in Washington. None of it matters. They don't need proof. All of these no, people we, are going to be yeah. ruined, bankrupted, imprisoned, basically for misdemeanors. They are adding these enhancement charges. They don't need evidence. Someone is going to have to go take the fall, as they say. You know, there's going to yeah. have to be there's going to have to be. Um, some arrests and there's going to have to be theater around it as well, because if they just didn't find anything, this story would go away and then people would forget. But now every single day they're reminded that white supremacist Peppy the Frog, um, Nazi skinhead <laughs> Trump supporters tried to overthrow the United States governor with a helmet and some bear spray and some zip ties that were found inside the Capitol. Um, But they need it to play out. They need it to play out. And then they need the theater of the trials, right? Because it's going to be the theater of, you know, the alleged murderers. The media will say killers because they don't care, right? They're not, that's not the law. Um, That's not the legal uh, charge against them, but they'll say it anyway. And then of course people will believe that these are the, the gentlemen killed officer Sicknick and that's the way that's the way it's going to work. And they need this to draw out. And I'm sure I'm just guessing, Julie, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm probably not because I'm usually not wrong. This stuff will come to fruition with court cases. Oh, about six months before the midterms so that <clears throat> yeah, we will have good point. The, the display. This bread and circuses will be on display in time to beat this during the 2022 uh, election campaign. I'm right. Yes. I'm 100% right. I'm going to bookmark that. Put bookmark it in my it. calendar because it is true. Write um, that down. Yes. Um, so we haven't even spoken about our crisis at the border that apparently is is not a crisis what, or we can't really. I know. We, what? Huh? Is something happening there? About? Crazy. What's a border? <laughs> Obviously, you don't care about 10-year-olds, as Jen Psaki said the other day, confronted a reporter. I saw this. I I listened to the strangest clip of that Biden ABC News interview with George. Like, you know, when when George Stephanopoulos is doing an interview, you know, it's totally a setup. But he asked Biden about 
the crisis at the border that you, all the unaccompanied minors and Biden answer answer was like, oh, do you want us to separate them from their mothers like Trump? And it's like, wait a minute. If they're unaccompanied, why is there a mother to separate them from? But, you know, Stephanopoulos let it go because he's not there <laughs> to hold anyone accountable. You know, right. he's just there to make sure the narrative gets out. But yes. So, Julie, give our listeners a summary of the epic shit show of our border that, of course, has nothing to do with the Biden administration. <laughs> no. Th- well, you know, some people have pointed this out. This is exactly what Biden and the Democrats wanted. He has said all along, I think there was a clip of him in 2019, one of the debates saying, no, we want the surge. I want a surge of immigrants. So and of course, one of his first actions was to overturn all of Trump's <clears throat> his uh, National Emergencies Act uh, declaration of the crisis at the border. So basically overturned all of Trump's immigration policies and then added to that as well. This is it. You have immigrants coming here with T-shirts that say Biden's name on it. I mean, come on. It's like, please let us in, Joe Biden, like with the Biden campaign uh, icon on it. I mean, come on, people. Who paid for those (laughs) T-shirts? You know? I think part of the interview with Stephanopoulos, Biden is saying that immigrants are coming here because they know he's a nice guy. I don't think that's why. No, this stuff is all orchestrated. No, none of it's not like all of a sudden just hundreds and thousands of people decided. Uh, and of course, minor children just decided, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go 3000 miles to get to the United States. There are NGOs and little groups that are fomenting this, that are organizing this, that are helping these people get to the border. And one of the things that Trump did that really kept this kept the 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 border surge down was he made deals with the other countries that were Mm -hmm. en route because the law international law says you have to get asylum in the first country you hit after the one you left and that first country is not the united states in many cases especially for people coming from um you know from honduras or um other uh, central america so that's the actual law but Trump made arrangements with these countries to stop these caravans from coming. And he made arrangements to keep these these folks in Mexico in that, until right. they were called to have a hearing on their asylum claims instead of the Biden Obama policy, which is we're going to let you in and then just come back in two years. Ha- see ya. Oh, and don't worry, we're not going to test you for covid. <laughs> so. You know? I mean, I think they're housing about 3,000 of these teenagers in a convention center in Texas somewhere. So you can't have a wedding, Anthony Fauci says, but I guess if you're migrants, you don't have to be tested and you can be in these huge centers all gathered together before they release you out into the American public where you can do who knows what. Where you can shelter in place for 15 <laughs> days to stop the spread. Um, it is kind of, it's kind of, it's insane that you would do this, especially when our country has been so economically damaged by being shut down that you would bring in more people, almost every one of them is going to need massive social services when our own people who have paid taxes precisely for this kind of safety net, who are unemployed, who've suffered so much economic damage from their business being shut down and going bankrupt from not being able to pay their mortgage from their 
children who are now stupid because they haven't been in school for a year. They've been on like computer school, which isn't real school. So it's, it's just astonishing that more people aren't angry about this, but it's really, that's another issue that's being really spun and, and protected by the media. What's really going on there. The Biden administration is not letting anyone go investigate. Remember Trump let, let the media go mm-hmm. look right. and look at the ch- cages that Obama built, but were blamed on Trump. And now they're in, I guess, now they're in a convention center, but I think they were in cargo holds or some other crap. But they are not letting anybody that works for these agencies talk to the media. They're all being referred to Washington and they're not letting the media go in and see it. And I'm not seeing the same kind of reaction Um and passion from the media and the activists, as I saw when Donald Trump um, was far more forthcoming. So it's curious. Yeah, it is. And I'm not a fan of Jen Psaki's at all. Psaki, whatever, however you say her name. And she gets super snippy in these press uh, briefings. But look, here's two things. She probably has no communication with Joe Biden at all. There's nothing on his schedule that ever says he's meeting with her. She never says, I spoke with the president she never says that she'll say his team. I spoke with his team. So she's sort of, it seems like a no man's land, but she should not be answering questions about what's happening at the border. Joe Biden refuses to answer any questions. He shuts down any reporter who dares to have, you know, 30 seconds to present him with a question. He said a few weeks ago, no, there wasn't a crisis. They've got everything under control. Now you have this very scripted, I'm sure, softball managed interview with George Stephanopoulos. Biden's supposed to have a press conference next Thursday, the 25th. We'll see how that goes. You know that the media is going to be all in. It's not going to be like a Trump presser. You know, it's going to be this very civilized. Who am I supposed to call on? They're going to have all their questions screened. Um, But, you know, he he I'm not even sure if he, he knows what's going on there. To be oh no, he doesn't know. This is nothing about this is um, typical and normal process, and it's not being handled like a legitimate crisis. Because again, this is what they this is this is what they they want. This is a a bonus that not a not a or whatever. It's a feature, not a bug. So they're gonna keep uh, lying and spinning. Meanwhile, on March 25th, Joe Biden is going to hold his first ever press conference, um, and I wonder if Joe Biden will take questions from the press that aren't like pre-screened and pre-designated. What do you think, Julie? You tell me. Um, let's see. The chances that that will happen? No, I mean, yeah, right. Like, do you think that this will be a free-for-all? You know, will Jim Acosta be there asking his probing questions? Or right. is this going to be a, what's your favorite color? What, right. If, if you could be Why any are you tree, so handsome? What tree would you be if you could be any tree? What, what tree is, would you be? What do you do? What do you and Dr. Jill do to celebrate the special moments? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no I, I can't. I, 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 it's going to be. I, I don't know. Are you going to watch it? I don't oh, know. we're watching it for sure. We should actually just do a live like we should watch it and tape our podcast because it'll be like the same day. We could do like a mystery science theater 3000 oh setup where we're just talking over it. There's like shadows of us and we're just talking over it. Liz, 
that's what we're doing. We have to do that it. That is what we're doing. That's our, okay, <laughs> listener, that's what you're going to, I mean, just count down the minutes oh. until that happens next Thursday. Do you remember pop-up video? Pop-up. Like yes. They do the videos. We, Julie and I, <laughs> talk, we're going to talk about Gen X. We have to talk about Gen X. I know we're an hour, but I'm sure whoever's listening is going to want to hear us talk about the most important thing ever and the greatest generation, which is yeah. Gen X. Julie and I, of course, Gen Xers. Um, <laughs> so, but that just made me think of pop-up video when the, back when MTV used to make videos, in case any of our listeners are not in Gen X or older, um, MTV used to be, it was called M stands for music, so it was music television, and they yes. used to pl- play something called music videos that the stars would make, and you could go watch MTV to watch the music videos, and of course MTV is not, doesn't really, isn't about that anymore, and they had this show where they would show videos and then little like boxes would pop up with information about the video, um, <clears throat> you know, again, these are, these are the olden days, Um just like so many years ago, uh, the good hip- old days, the good old days, as we fondly say. Um, but yeah, so Julie, what what was in the news about Gen X this week? What were we, what was the big Gen X? I mean, it's basically what we've been saying is that Gen X is our only hope to save the nation. And furthermore, as you and I have talked about the I think the biggest fight, not just culturally, but is to stop these insane lockdowns. Like we would never have put up with what our poor college kids have to tolerate on campus right now. That never would have happened in the 80s. We would have torn the place up like we were fighting for our right to party. We're not going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, go sit in your dorm room for months on end with a double mask on and don't do anything. That would never happen. Our generation we were called like latchkey kids for a reason. Our parents were like, here's the key to the house. You're like five. Right. They're like, here's the key to the house. Here's yeah. how you heat up your meals. You know, <laughs> go, go to it. See yeah. it. See you at Christmas time. Yeah. Bye-bye. Exactly. We right. were fighters and we were, it, it, it's actually quite sad to compare the way that we were when we were, teenagers and kids and teenagers versus what I've seen now in, in the media. And I'm sure Julie, you, you, you have two teenagers or one teenager and one 20 ish, yes, 20 right. ish. But when I was a teenager, I was not a political activist. I did not know. I knew very little. And at the time, remember, we were all going to die in a nuclear war. None of us were still political activists. You know, there wasn't a there wasn't a lot of it. It wasn't a lot of political awareness. We're like, where are we getting beer? Where are we getting wine coolers? Where's the football game? Where's Where's the party? Where's Where's the the party? Where's the other bong? Who thought? And I and I'm from, as you know, Las Vegas, Nevada, where there literally is a nuclear test site. And so there would have been more opportunities than anywhere else to protest this nuclear war that we were constantly being fed about. And none of us were into that. All we cared about is Bartles and James coolers standing outside 7-Eleven or stop and go and trying to get an older person to buy us booze, you know, or ditching school out of smoke or yeah, or smokes or whatever that don't. How how is your childhood as a Gen Xer compared to the way that your daughters have been through the teenage years or are in the teenage years? I mean, I grew up in suburban Chicago, so really my life and my high school experience is a, a John Hughes movie. Like, obviously, that was taped in so suburban lucky. Chicago. I went to so a big – well, here's 
the dichotomy. I'll tell you did this you right go to now. The breakfast school high school. Did you go the Breakfast Club high school? The greatest. I did movie not ever. go to that one, but it was not far. But I went to a big. I went to. I grew up in a suburb called Naperville, which is a huge suburb now. It was kind of growing at the time. Went to Naperville Central High School, which, um, you know, it has a great public school system. But you know, our I graduated with like 670 kids, so it wasn't a small school. Um, so no, it was great. We had two old ladies who are like our hall monitors who would try to chase me down when I was ditching school, getting in my Chevy Cavalier and taking off for the afternoon. But now what's happening there and the Federalist has been covering this, this is district 203 in Illinois is they are all in being, you know, led by this crazy privileged white suburban wine moms. They had this, uh, you know, critical race theory, uh, panel discussion and you know then the superintendent came out and said his job was to get rid of systemic racism and promote L- I mean this is like lily white like all these sub- these suburban areas are um so no we didn't care about that stuff we weren't being brainwashed indoctrinated with it none of that but that is that's now the oppression that all of our kids are high schoolers and now grade schoolers that's the kind of oppression that they're living under it's terrible. Um, so it's terrible. Those are grown-up yeah, concerns, right? Those are things grown-ups should care about. You know, when you're a teenager, you shouldn't care about very much. You know, it's like a time to be free and to, you know, th- this is why a lot of people our age, you know, they look back so fondly on their, their on the 80s, the greatest generation also, um, of, you know, not having all the con- all of the weight on them of like world peace and climate change and you're not going to have a planet. And all these people are kids are like Greta Thunberg, who's probably a couple sandwiches short of a picnic anyway, but she's like having a nervous breakdown. But when we were teenagers, we had little concern. We just kind of had to get to school and make it look like we were going. We kind of had to do homework, but you know, partying, get on the phone. Just it's, I can't think of how, robbed these kids are of a time in their life when they shouldn't have these serious responsibilities and concerns put on them. It's terrible. It's terrible. And I mean, like you said, I have a 16, I've got a junior in college and a junior in high school. And just this past year has been, you know, obviously hard for them, much harder for other kids. So I don't want to say that, but you know, they are not living anything close to how you and I were raised. My only hope is, and I tell my girls this, obviously, and they know that now don't trust these people. Now, you know, that the people in charge are liars. They're heartless. They're cruel. They don't listen to this isn't about science and data. No matter how many times they say it, it's about control. My only hope is that their takeaway from this is not to trust anyone. (laughs) Like really, we didn't not to care live your life as much as you can freely and just know that the people who think that they're above you want to oppress you and brainwash you and control you. That's it. Yeah. That's a good lesson to teach. And it was funny because even as teenagers, I think it's important that teenagers, it's it's like an essential element of being a teenager is to absolutely distrust authority. Remember, everybody distrusted authority. People didn't like their teachers. They didn't like the principal. They didn't like their parents. They didn't Remember, like the cops. We got to right. fight far right to party. And now these, these kids are being trained just the opposite, that you have to do exactly what you're told and that these people are trusted authorities. It's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. So 
Oh, what a nice walk down memory lane, Julie. Um, but that's our hour. We're over, but you get bonus time, which we, we know you Lucky you, you listener. Very lucky. But we will be back next Friday. In the meantime, subscribe to us on iTunes. You want to rate us five stars. Actually, rate us six stars. Now, you yes. can't do that because there's only five. But just think in your head that it's six stars. So subscribe to us on iTunes and we will be back next week with another hour that is happy.